all see. He knows what's in the heart. The Bible says that the darkness, he sees into the darkness. And when the light comes in, it reveals all things. There is nothing hid from his eyes. Amen, amen. There is nothing hid from his spirit. It goes to and fro in the earth and outside the earth. He's a mighty God that knows the intents of the heart. Knows the intents of the mind. Knows the intents of his children. Whether they be good or whether they be bad. He is an awesome God. He is a mighty God. He is a great God. He is a wonderful God. He is a God who doesn't leave his children in captivity. He's a God that doesn't leave anybody behind. He's a God that will wait upon you to make up your mind so that he can save you. He's a God that will seek you. He's a God that will talk to you. He's a God that will love you. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. You just got to forgive me. I'm just a little excited. Amen. God has put a big burden on me this last week. And I said, God, I'm ready to give it back. I need this burden off me because it's a burden that is weighty. It's weighty because he's coming soon. And I know the last time I preached, I mentioned this. I had a sister call me, tell me that she's, she feels God is coming. She's praying for her daughter. I need my daughter saved. Jesus is coming. I'm telling you right now, if there's any time that you're going to get serious about God, it's right now. God is looking for someone who will take him seriously. Because when he comes, it's not a good, it's, there's an old song I remember that says, soon and very soon, God will come. And there was another song that says, there's something in the air, I feel it everywhere. You know, I was singing that song and God said, hey, hold on. You ain't going to feel me when I come. He said, you're not going to be standing there and all of a sudden, oh, you know what? I feel God's coming. I feel like he's going to come. He said, no, I'm just going to come. And if you're not ready, you're not going to make it. He said, because I'm looking for faith. He said, I don't want feeling. I want faith. Because when I come, that's what I'm looking for. Faith. And I want you to be ready. I, I'm telling you right now, praise God. Like I said, it's just it's a burden. God is coming, amen. But let's go ahead and get started on this. Because if not, we'll be here for a few hours, amen. <laughs> if you would turn to 1 Samuel 15, 22, and 23. When you have it, say amen. Pretty fast, you guys got phones out there. Amen. I'm going to be talking about a familiar story that if you were raised in church, you know about David and Goliath. I'm going to insert some things in there that God showed me, and hopefully, we can get this all together and get what the Holy Ghost wants to have for us, each and every one of us. Amen. Amen. First Samuel 15 22 and 23 says, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? He's asking a question here. 
Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, yes. and to hearken than that of fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Yes. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. You may be seated. I'm going to read these next two verses. 1 Samuel 17, 7, 10 through 11 says, And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Now when Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Acts 9, 1 and 2, it says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were of men or of women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. Wonderful God right now, Lord, I pray, Lord. I pray, God, that you would touch each and every individual in this place today, God. I pray that the Holy Ghost would come, God. I bind every spirit, God, that comes up against this kingdom, Lord. Lord, I proclaim your name that is above every other name, God, and that Jesus, God, would break down, God, those kingdoms, Lord. God, for you have already, God, suffered, Lord, and defeated death, God, as we sung today, Lord. In your precious, mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. A few weeks ago, I preached about hide and seek. And I talked about how in Revelations, the Bible says that God has come and he is knocking. And that if anybody opens, he will come in and sit with them. And the Lord showed me that when we hear the knock of God on our heart, do we stand up from the throne that's in our heart? He showed me that each and every one of us has a throne in our heart. Each and every one of us has a chair, whether it's a small chair or it's a big chair. But we all sit at the throne of our heart. And he says, and I come and I knock. And in order to open the door, you have to get up out of your chair to go to the door and open it. And as you open it, he says, if anyone will invite me in, I will come in and sit with him. And he had shown me that I'm not a bad king like some people perceive. They think that I'm a God who's cruel. That I'm a God who will step on your neck and tell you what to do. He says, no, if you read my verse, I say, I'll come in and sit. Lord, have your place, God. You can sit down on yes. my throne. And he says, and I will invite you also to sit and sup with me. Because I'm not a, a hard king. I'm not someone who's going to throw judgment at you. I am just because I'm truth, he says. But I'm not going to judge you if you can let me in, is all he asks. And so, as I began to ponder on this message that God gave me, I said, well, Lord, how do you want me to bring this forth? He said, those that are hiding behind the door that are willing to let me in. He goes, now I want you to change it. And instead of hide and seek, I want you to say seeking or hiding. Are you seeking or are you hiding? He says, because I'm looking for people that are going to do my will. I'm looking for people that will answer the call. And it's not just a call to say, hey, I'm willing to just forget everybody. And, and this, that. No, it's, it's a different call. And, and the way God showed me, I'll, I'll explain it to you. But it's a call 
that he seeks for each and every one of us to answer. As soon as you were born, as soon as you came out of the womb, his first deal was to seek you out so that you could seek him. Amen. His first intention was the moment you were born in the family that you were born in was so that he could seek you. There was a child that was being born. There was a son. There was a daughter. And as they were being born, the moment you broke into this world, God said, I want them. Yes. I you. seek them. Yes. From the moment that he created Adam and Eve, he has been in the seeking business. Amen. But sometimes we hide from him. Sometimes we hide from him. And if we are Christians who are called by God, who serve a God who seeks, who's supposed to live inside of us, then we too are to supposed to be seekers. Yes. We too are to supposed to be seekers, not only of him, but of our brethren that are lost. For Jesus says, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. He was a seeker. Amen? And so in 1 Samuel, where I read, where Samuel talks to Saul, and he tells Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice. Because you have rejected God, I'm going to reject you as king. Now, this is something I didn't see until I heard a preacher say this. He was not rejected as a man. He was not rejected as a son. But he was rejected as king. In other words, he got fired. Yes. He had a job to do. And he didn't do it. So God said, you're fired. I'm going to find somebody else who will do it. I'm going to seek someone else who will do my will. And it's funny because I was telling my daughter, God, when he said, I have found a man after my own heart, he was talking about a little boy. He was talking about a little, this guy hadn't even grown up yet, but he already seen what this individual could Amen. do. He already perceived that if, if this little individual can give me his heart and seek my face, I will raise him up to be a mighty king. And not only a mighty king, but I will establish him and bring the anointed one through his lineage. Amen? Amen. That's exciting. Because imagine what will happen to you if you seek God. Yes. Imagine to you if you take your heart and say, God, I want to seek you. And for your mercy and your grace, can you imagine what God can do to you? Now, this is what's funny about this. Saul just gets reprimanded. I'd imagine I'd, if somebody reprimanded me, I'd already feel bad. I'd already be like, man. I don't know if it has it. I'll, don't raise your hand. I'll raise my hand. I've been fired before. Okay? I have been. It's not a good feeling. It's a feeling of letdown. Not only yourself, you know what I mean? It's like, man, you know, because I perceive myself to be this way. I thought I was the best. I thought I was the greatest. Oh, guess what? You're fired. Are you kidding me? I'm fired. <laughs> you know, and think about it. That's the first reaction. The second reaction is, how am I going to take care of my family? How am I going to provide now? Where am I going to live? What, what are people going to say about me? Amen? 
What are they going to say? What's the talk? Because I know when I sell somebody fire, oh, yeah, he's lazy. He's lazy. Come on, be real. Oh, yeah, I know. Remember, I'm the best. I'm the greatest. I work the greatest. It couldn't happen to me. There's no way it could happen to me. Right? Can you imagine Saul, the king, to do a duty and not to be fired by just an individual, but by God himself rejected at the job? Man. And then to make matters worse, guess what? The Philistine army comes up. You know why? Because they heard. Uh, you know what? Saul just got fired. God rejected him. Hey, muster up the men. Come on, enemy. Come on, enemy. Isn't it just like the enemy? When you mess up and you sin and you're like, God, all of a sudden everything just hits you. And the enemy says, yeah, we got him. Come on, let's go. We got him. Look at him. Yelled at his wife, yelled at his kids, cussed out his boss, told this person off, looked at that girl, made flirty eyes with that man. Oh, we got him. Come on. We got him. Come on. Man, I'm just trying. What's going on? I'm just, God, I just, I'm trying to be right. I'm just not obedient enough. I'm just not worth. Come on, you gotta imagine what he thought of. He was on high when he got anointed. And now he got demoted. I, I felt it. I felt that before. I felt the high. I felt the low. I felt the unworthiness. And then all of a sudden, the enemy comes. And he's sitting there. What do I do? And the Bible says that Goliath taunted Israel for 40 days, made fun of them, came out big and bad, says, you can't do nothing. Look at me. Come on, send me somebody. Come on, let's see. But the ironic thing about it, and I never knew this until I read it again, they never attacked. Amen? Sister Jessica said it when she was singing. What did she say? The devils tremble. Amen. They can talk and talk, but you gotta remember they fear God. And when the army of the Philistines were pitched against Israel, guess what? Oh, they talked, and they talked a big talk, but they never attacked. That's good. They never attacked. Brothers and sisters, visitors. The enemy is in the mind. Come on. The enemy is in the world. It's in the spirit. The Bible says that Daniel had a vision. And in this vision, he visioned a great man, a great statue. Gold and silver and brass and iron and clay. And the Bible says that this vision, and, and if you look it up, you can look, Google it. You'll see this man and he's standing like this with his arms folded. And I told my daughter, you know what that sign is? That's a sign of defiance. If you ever told anybody, maybe your children, hey, mijo, can you go pick that up? If they went like this to you and went, oh, watch out. They're going to get whooped. They're going to get whooped. Amen? Amen? 
And so Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. And it's this great man with his arms like this folded in defiance. And then 40 years later, Daniel has another vision. And it's a vision of beasts. Because the man, the reason why the man is in defiance is because he's being moved by something. He's being moved by the spirit of the beast, the Antichrist. Now, I don't want to get into that whole Bible study because then we can start getting wrong. I'll let Pastor deal with the Bible study on that. Amen. A good Bible study, too. But he's moved by a spirit. And so Saul, when he was rejected, he was moved by a spirit. A spirit that defies God. A spirit that shows its face to God and expresses his promptness, his haughtiness, folds his hands. Amen? And all of a sudden, a little shepherd boy comes into the scene. And this little shepherd boy, when he comes into this scene, he says, hey, what's going on? Who's defying the armies of the living God? Now, what's ironic is Goliath, when he's calling out to the people, he says, aren't you servants of Saul? But when David comes on the scene, he says, who's defying the armies of the living God? Now, he knew Saul was king. And you can read, and I don't want to go into that part of it, but he understood Saul was king. He understood the spirit behind the kingship. Yes. His mind view was, I'm not just a servant to Saul, but I'm a servant to God. Amen. Amen? Amen. And the other unique thing that caught my attention was, when he came onto the scene, he never told his brothers... How come you're not out there fighting? What's wrong with you guys? How come you're not? You're a man of war. You have a sword. You have a shield. Come on. He never pointed that out to them. You know what he did? He sought out the king. He was a seeker. Yes. And he said, is there anything I can do? Is there anything I can do? Is there anything that I can do? Amen. And so Saul tries to put on his armor, and it didn't fit. And he and he goes through this story. Now this story is, and I, if you've been in Sunday school, you've heard the story. I've read it millions of times, and it just popped out to me. The Bible says that he tells Saul, "Hey, you know what? Don't worry about it. There was a time that my father had me watching his sheep. Now check this out. David was rejected by his own family. His father." Thought he was a spot. The Bible says in Psalms that his brothers and his household, they wanted to be righteous with God, but they considered him the black sheep. So can you imagine your father giving you charge over the sheep in the wilderness? Because remember, there was a lion and there was a bear. So he had to be in the wilderness. He had to be in an area that wasn't safe. His family, his own father put him in that situation. But he didn't say that to the king. He didn't blame his dad to the king. 
He said, there was a time I was watching over the sheep of my father's. And there was a bear and there was a lion. And they took them. He said, and I sought them. I went after them. Why? Because that was my father's property. I don't care if my father put me here. I know who I serve. I'm supposed to be obedient to my mother and my father. I want to be right with God. That doesn't matter. I know who I serve. And I don't want my father to lose his flock. I don't want my father to lose his flock. So I sought that lion. I sought that bear. And the Lord delivered me. And if he delivered me from the lion and delivered me from the bear, he'll deliver me out of the hands of this Philistine. Thank you, Jesus. God is looking for seekers, individual. If you're here and you don't know God, God has been looking for you from the time that you were born. He's looking for you so that you could stand up in a time that it needs to be known that God is God and that Jesus Christ has died on the cross for individuals. Why? Because those are his flock. We are his father. It doesn't matter if they're gay. It doesn't matter if they're straight. It doesn't matter if they're drunk. It doesn't matter if they're smoking weed. It doesn't matter if they're homeless. It doesn't matter who they are. They're still the flock of God. And God is looking for somebody to say, I don't care. Those are my father's flock. I want to seek after them. I want to go after them. I'll stand here and fight for them. That was his mentality. His mentality was, I don't care. Put me wherever you want. I know you're with me, God. And I'll seek after them. Because his mentality was what? It wasn't just the armies of Israel. It was the nation of Israel. It was the whole unit of Israel that he was thinking of. You see, God is as is, is beautiful as you are sitting there, as handsome as you are sitting there. God loves you, but he loves your neighbor too. Amen. He loves you with all his, your heart. He loves you with everything he has. He's shown it on the cross, but he loves your neighbor too. And he wants you to be a seeker, a seeker because he is a seeker. He has sought you, and so he wants you in return to seek those that are lost. It could start in your family. It could start in your neighborhood. It could start at work. It could start at the gym. Amen? A seeker. That's who he's looking for. Because in that tale of David and Goliath, Saul the anointed, the king, the one who had it all, was hiding on his chair. When Jesus says, I'm at the door knocking, waiting for someone to open, you have the opportunity to get up out of that chair, or you have the opportunity to just sit there and hide. You have the opportunity to get up and open the door to or like pastor now, let's see, ring video, who's that? <laughs> Technology, amen? Not, 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 you don't even have to be home, Brother Frank was saying, you don't even have to be home. Somebody comes to your door, you got that ring video, you can, oh, yep, I'm not home. 
<laughs> Amen? Have we put ring video doorbells on our doors? So that when God comes, we pull oh, not today, God. Oh, you know what, Lord? I'm really not here. Jesus. This is the answer machine, God. This is the answer machine. Why? Because I don't want to get up. And I'll be the first one before anybody. I don't want to get up sometimes. Sometimes I want to throw in the towel. Sometimes I want to tell God, why did you choose me? Sometimes I tell him, why, God? And he says, because I'm looking because you're a seeker. Each and every one of us has been made in the image of God. You are a seeker by birth. Yes. Why? Because the moment you come out, what do you do? <laughs> right? I, anybody that's had kids, you see the kids, they come out there. <laughs> you're a seeker by birth. You didn't even know that, huh? You're a seeker by birth. God gave that to you. Why? Because you were made in his image. You were made just like him. That's why you're here. That's why you've been seeking God. That's why God has been seeking you and you've been seeking him. Amen. You're a seeker from birth. That's what he told me when he told me that. <laughs> Big old baby. Huh? <laughs> He says, I found a man after my own heart. He calls him what he is before he even becomes it. You are what God says you are. We sing it today. You are what God says you are before you even become it. You are that clean vessel. Think about it. You are that clean vessel. You are that cup. You are the one that has jewels on it. You are the one that is sitting on the shelf. You're not the one down here. That's not how he sees us. He doesn't see us down to the ground and stomped and, and, and dead and deadbeat and not knowing what to do. He sees us already what he's intended us to be. He sees us with the power, the ability to talk to individuals, the ability to reach out to our family, to our children. The ability to stand in the gap for them. That was the mentality of David. Because when he went to meet Goliath, he understood he wasn't just doing it for show. He wasn't just out there to just be recognized. He understood who he served. He understood that if he went and fought Goliath and defeated him, that he wouldn't be able to talk mess on his daddy he defended his daddy and he defended his brothers and sisters yes, thank you. Amen? amen which leads me to my next point Acts 9 1-2 says and Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord now Saul was a bad individual okay I told my wife and, and children this morning, and I go, you know, when I read that, if anybody's ever watched Popeye back in the day, you ever remember Pluto? Remember how he used to walk? It was funny. Oh, 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 oh. Right? That was Pluto. Every time I read 
that scripture. I kid you not. The Bible says what? That Saul yet breathing out threatenings. That means every time he took in a breath, oh, I want to kill him. Oh, I hate him. Oh, I want to do away with him. Oh, that mean, think about that. Breathing out threatenings and slaughters against the disciples of the Lord. Went out into the high priest. He sought. See, he was a seeker too. And you got to remember this world, if you were a seeker at birth, so are they. Amen? Yes. But there's a difference. They're seeking harm. We're seeking love. Right. Thank you, Lord. Amen? And the greater will always win. The Bible says that if someone hates you and does wrong to you, what? Show them love. Love will always win. How do we know? Because Christ died on the cross. Amen. The ultimate of love defeated, and we sing about it again, defeated hell and death. It was love that made a way for us. Can you imagine God? Think about this. Right? Like I said, God, I've been, my thoughts have been just woo, woo, woo every time, you know. God took every hate and every sin that you ever felt in. Everything that's in your heart that you ever felt against an individual. And he put it on his own son, Christ, the anointed one. So that every time those feelings and thoughts come up, you can say, God, nope, you're love. God, they spoke to me wrong today at work. Nope, we're love. Because I trust you, God. You're in control, Lord. I serve you, God. And you love them just as much as you love me. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to show them even more love. Uh, we were... Me and my son were talking about this, Brother Welch, when he first preached. What did he say? It blew my mind when he said this, because you read this stuff, and it just, when it happens, it happens. He said, Peter, he rebuked. And Judas, oh, he called friend. The one who betrayed him. Now remember, think about it. I was talking to my wife about this. Can you imagine having that in your heart? Because this didn't just happen in one day. This was a thought process. Listen, and that's how the devil works. He puts a thought. And when you entertain the thought, it goes into the heart. And you sit back on your throne. And you tell God, get out. You were here. Think about it. He walked with God Almighty. This, I mean, Jesus knew everything. I bet you there was times where Jesus would be sitting there with them. And... There were, you know, Pharisees and scribes, and all of a sudden they, you know what? Okay, we're gonna trick this guy. I got one. And they'd come and just hey, watch this. Watch this. Come on, man. You know, think about it. He knew everything. Yeah. And I'm sure he told his disciples, watch this. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Nope. This is what it says. Why do they do that to me? <laughs> I know their thoughts. Think about it. I mean, if you really think about how we live today. Jesus isn't boastful. I know he is, and he's humble. But I could imagine he'd be like, why do they do this to me? They know I know their thing. And, and I can imagine the apostles. Now, the apostles at the time, they were still carnal. So I can imagine them going, why do these guys come up to Jesus? They know he knows everything. They can't catch him. Now think about that. 
if his own disciples knew that he knew everything, how did Judas hide that? How did Judas hide that in his heart? Amen? Lord, I told him, I don't want to hide anything in my heart. I don't want no envy. I don't want no strife. I don't care what an individual did to me. Amen. It doesn't matter what someone's done to me. It doesn't matter if they talk behind my back. Right. It doesn't matter if they call me names. It does not matter. It, it hurts. Yes, God. It hurts. Can you imagine David, a young man out there in the wilderness? Lord, why would my father send me out here? Why would he send me into this wilderness? I'll trust in you, Lord. You are my shepherd. You are my staff. Can you imagine the boy crying? Thank you, Jesus. That night, there, there was no city lights back then. There was nothing to illuminate. He was out in the kukui. <laughs> Amen? He was out there in the dark amongst the lions and the, the bears and the, 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 all the creatures. Have you ever been out in the dark? I've been in the desert. You start seeing things. Amen? <laughs> it just came out. <laughs> but can you imagine? Why would my father send me out here? God. But nonetheless, Lord, your verse says, the fifth commandment, God, honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother, God. I'll honor him, God. I don't know why he's doing this to me. I don't know why, but I'll honor him, God. Why? Because I know you. I'm seeking you, God, right now. I'm seeking you, God, when it's hard. I'm seeking you, God, in this trouble. And I'll trust in you, Lord. So I don't care. And God said, okay, let's see. Because he likes to put us to test. And the lion comes. Oh, and he didn't hide. Think about it. The, man, if a dog comes out, I'm hiding. I don't want to get bit. The lion comes and grabs the sheep and takes off. He could easily just say, I didn't see that. Right? But he said, no, that was my father's sheep. And he sought it. And he caught it. The Bible says he caught it by the beard. He took it and slayed it. And he understood it wasn't his power. It wasn't his strength, but it came from God. God, the one who's watching over him, gave him the strength to slay the lion. And here comes another test, the bear. And the bear can stand up this time. And he slays that. And he understands it wasn't me. God was shaping his mentality. He was shaping his mind to understand that if you rely on me, I'll get you out of every situation. And not every situation, but any situation. It doesn't matter if you sin, I'll get you out. Think about that. It doesn't matter if you think of this was this is what was different. David counted the armies of Israel, and he wasn't supposed to do that. He disobeyed God, Pastor. And God said, okay, I'm going to slay people. I'm going to bring famine. What do you want? And what was his answer? 
bring it upon me, God. I don't want the people to suffer. I have sinned, not them. And the Lord said, okay. And his house was turned topsy-turvy. His sons slept with his wives. And he still didn't reject his sons. He still had love for them. Why? Because he understood all things come from God. Every situation. That's why I said, remember, about Solomon making the pact. He understood that pact. He says, before we make a pact here, God, I need a, a clause. I need a way out that any time I sin, I can call upon you and you'll forgive me. And he says, okay. Did you know Jesus came with the same clause? He said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Those who can't find their way. Those who just don't know how to get to where they need to be. All you have to do is call upon his name, Jesus. I'll give you a simple way to find your way. My name is Jesus, and all you have to do is say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. God, I'm sorry. I repent, Lord. I don't know how I got myself in this situation. And I don't know how I ended up here, whether it was due to my circumstances, my family, or my decisions. But God, I call upon your name. And he says, and I will deliver you. Yes. I will deliver you. Because that spirit that's in the world today, that drives that statue of a man. Look it up if you get a chance. The man with his hands folded. The Bible says that the mountain, which is God's kingdom, which is everlasting and cannot be moved, the rock was hewn from the mountain. And it came and it crushed the feet of this statue. And it brought the statue to its knees. The Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess Amen. that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Whether you want to put up a wall or a barrier to God, there will come a day you will confess that he yes, is God. But I implore you today, I ask you today, bend the knee. Yes. Get up off of your seat. The throne that's in your heart, get up and answer. He's knocking. He's knocking. He wants to come in. He wants to come in. He wants to come in. My wife, as I was explaining this to her, she came up with this saying. It was a beautiful saying. It almost made me cry. And I told her, hey, that's a good preaching, too. That's a good preaching message. She said, you know what? It's almost like God said, or David said, how can I help save that which is my father's? That was what he had. How can I help save that which is my father's and if you're in the church today that should be your saying how can I help say that which is my father's because I don't own any of this I don't own nothing it's all his and it all belongs to him and if my neighbor is lost how can I help save them if my children are lost how can I help save them because they're just not my children. 
They're the Father's children. They're the King's children. How can I help save them, God? How can I help save them? Which gets into my last part of my message. Prayer is the key. Without prayer, the church is weak. Without prayer, a Christian individual is weak. Without prayer, you cannot do anything. Because these kingdoms have been here a long time. They were supposed to be subdued by Israel, and Israel failed. And so God put them in captivity. Because these, this dream of this man came after captivity, when Israel was taken captive. When God had enough of their disobedience. And he says, now these kingdoms have risen. And they're going to continue to rise. And as the rock, God says, now I have to save the earth. Because condemnation is going to come. And I've got to take its place. So I'm going to send my son. And I'm going to put every thought, every hate, every disobedience. And I'm going to put it on this man. And I'm going to strike him with everything I got. Think about that. I remember preaching a long time ago, me and my son were talking about, and the preacher asked, when do you think God was the maddest? The most maddest. And we, you know, you go through, well, I think when he did this, or no. He was the most upset. If God could ever be the most maddest, it was when he struck his own son with sin on the cross. And that's why the apostle Paul says, if he would not suffer his own son and crucify him. If he did that to his own son, it's just so that he could save you. Don't you realize that God has it out for you? He was willing to sacrifice his own son and take the hatred and sin and place it upon him and nail it to the cross for you and for me. Why? Because he was seeking you the moment you were born. The moment you decided to come out of that womb, he sought you and he sought your face and he sought your heart and he sought your soul and he led you down a road, whether it was good or bad, but he led you down to a road so that you would come in contact with him so that you would have an opportunity to choose him or to shut the door. Yes. That's the love of our God. He's not going to force you. Amen? Amen. He's not going to force you. I'm almost done, brother, if you want to come. Romans 6 and 10, the apostles, Paul, he says, we are buried with him in baptism. And he says, reckon. He uses this word in that scripture, reckon. In other words, think about it. You've died to sin. If you've died to sin, then you ought to walk in newness of life. Amen? Amen. You ought to walk in a grateful spirit, a thankful spirit, not a folding my hand spirit. God has given me an opportunity to come in contact with him and serve him and do something for him and bring him into my heart. 
to show me that there is a better way than this world. If you sit there, hands folded, what do you think he's going to do? He's not going to be upset. Believe me, he won't. He'll pass by and he'll wait. Okay, they're not ready. And then he'll come again while their arms still folded. And he'll look. But you got to remember there's a day where he will come and say you're fired. If you do not accept the job that God has for you, there will be a day where he says you're fired. Only he knows that. I don't know that. I don't know that. All I know that as long as you have breath, you have a chance. As long as you have breath, you have a chance. Philippians 2, 1 through 15. The Apostle Paul, who was breathing out. Acting like Pluto. Puffing and puffing. Looking for Popeye. Wanting to beat him up. Had the spirit of Goliath in him. Came to a Damascus road and was knocked on his behind off his horse stricken blind you see he had that seeking mentality in him just like you do but his mentality was wrong he was actually like Goliath he was seeking to destroy his own brothers and sisters but when God got a hold of him and talked to him look at what happens Philippians chapter 2 says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found fashioned as a man, he humbled himself and be, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things on earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 
For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputing, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. The moment he came into contact with Christ, he had a different tune. He was seeking to kill his brothers and sisters, to throw them into jail because they didn't think like him. They didn't act like him. And God said, that's not the seeking kind I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone like me who will seek his brothers and his sisters that are lost, that have no opportunity to come to a church, that have no opportunity to be loved or hugged or wanted. That's what I'm looking for. Now he's singing a different tune. Now he's saying, I've come in contact with Christ. And he's saying, beloved. He's not breathing out slaughters. He's not breathing out death. He's breathing out life now. Beloved, 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 love one another. Be there for one another. Help one another. If my brother is going through something, be there for him. Don't put him down. Don't put him to the cross and say, well, that's what you get. Lift him up in prayer. If he's weak, then I'll sit there with you and pray with you, brother. If you're weak, sister, my sister will sit there and pray with you. She'll take you. If you can't handle your kids, if you can't handle your job, I'm here. Let's pray. Let's do this. Let's go after the giant. Let's seek him. And let's kill him. Because I'm tired of hearing his talk. I'm tired of telling him that you're no good. That you can't do it. I'm tired of the devil telling you. You're 